This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This team, is it, does it sting more because of the rivalry and you know how much Bears fans want to win this game? Yeah. I mean, it, it hurts more in the locker room than the Bears fans. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in. So um, just coming out with a disappointing loss like this, um, you know, it hurts. But, uh, you know, we just got to respond. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you, presented, of course, by BetMGM. Joining us right now on the guest line, Connor Allen, sports betting manager of 444 Football, at 444 Bets and Bet and, of course, Remove the Line podcast. Connor, welcome back to the show. We just heard there from Justin Fields with a comment that maybe he probably shouldn't have said out loud, but you know, I understand where he's coming from about the locker room and the way they feel. The Bears are one and one. Uh, Fields not throwing for many yards, but they've, you know, they've been somewhat competitive. They won the first game and that game on Sunday was not exactly a complete blowout. Um, they had a chance to cover at the end. What's your thought on the Bears for two weeks? Are they as bad as we thought they were before the season or maybe a little bit more um, competitive? Well, it's funny because I tweeted out they saying that the Bears were going to be that they're a little bit better than I thought they were, but that's all relative to expectation. I mean, my expectation mm-hmm. was that they were going to be a bottom three team in the NFL. Now I think they're probably like a bottom five, six team. Uh, I mean, their offensive line has shown some signs of life. I think that's w- really encouraging. Uh, you know, I think coming into the year they had like essentially no talent. I was really worried about them being like a bottom three unit, but they've really stepped up. And I think, especially in the running game, they've opened some big holes consistently. And I think that that's actually a strength of theirs. Whereas the passing game, they still not got anything going. Defensively, they're still struggling. Uh, and I really see, I really struggle to see how they're going to stick with teams who kind of like lay it on them, go up by two scores. Like, how are they going to be able to come back? So I would say they're better than I thought they would be, but you know, I'm still holding tickets under seven, under six and a half, under five and a half wins. And I still feel pretty good about those uh that's where i wanted to go with you too and so that number for the win total for the bears for example close at five and a half but then they have that big upset and then the updated win total goes up to six and a half i I know you go big on some win totals in the off season now with so much competition among these sports books as they're reposting win totals every single week like all of them are, are are you kind of as we learn more are you betting into those um are they are they overreaction spots where you can kind of go against the grain? Like, and how many millions should we bet on the Broncos under nine and a half wins? <laughs> I mean, if, if Nathaniel Hackett just keeps uh, coaching like he does, you know, you can pretty much just, you know, lay it all on the line and the Broncos are going to win many games because it is, I, I'm yeah. not sure it's the worst that I've ever seen because we just saw Urban Meyer last year, but it's around there. I mean, from a pure coaching perspective, it's it's really, really bad. Um, but in terms of that market, I usually give it, give it a little bit of breathing room for a week or two, and then I'll start diving in to get a bigger sample size and not just lean on my priors because 
you know, otherwise I would just be betting, you know, essentially kind of what I already was there. But I do think that the Bears winning its 49ers was uh, largely fluky. Uh, I mean, they had to have something go right on basically every scoring drive for them to score, whether it was a 49ers penalty or, you know, a broken play where Fields threw it across his body that, you know, very easily could have resulted in a pick six if anyone was still on that half of the field. You know, it's like those types of things that happen that, you know, and the last six minutes where it was, I, I live in Chicago as do you, Joe, it was the worst rain I've seen in my 20 years of living here in the last six minutes uh, of that game. So it was, it was a, a true monsoon. Uh, the Trey Lance injury, and now we see Jimmy G starting again. How will that impact how you play the Niners? Yeah, I think that with Lance, he was always a bit of a roller coaster. You know, we'd see, I think he had higher highs, but much lower lows, whereas Jimmy G kind of smooths out the bumps. And we kind of saw that last week. You know, they ranked seventh in passing EPA, uh, sixth in overall EPA, had a great game against the Seahawks. And I think that now they kind of changed their mindset going from, okay, we are we're really trying to hit that ceiling, you know, like we're trying to get a quarterback who can win us games. Now bringing it back to we like a sum of all, some of his parts quarterback in Jimmy G that can rely on Debo, rely on hopefully Kittle get, comes back and then Brandon Ayuk uh, to really carry the team along with the running game. So in terms of like how I'm betting them, it doesn't necessarily change too much. I would say that there's just like a lot more, a lot less volatility to their game. Connor, uh, under so far this season, 21-10-1 so far. Um, is this affecting how you're betting trends? Obviously, how you're betting props? Like, when, when you look at that, is that just two weeks? Do you need to see more? Or, or is this something to this that will affect how you bet week three and beyond? It's interesting is I think that most people expected more scoring heading into the season with, you know, the emphasis on illegal contact, uh, which hasn't really made a difference at all. And is actually uh, this has been like the lowest scoring, you know, average total in the past few years in the past, like in for two weeks. So it's like five points lower than the past few years. Uh, and so in terms of props, I already skew heavily towards unders as is. Um, but yeah, this has kind of made it where I'm like trying to do 80 to 90% of my props as unders here because a lot of these offenses are just not clicking. And um, I don't know whether it's rust, whether it's teams not really playing their guys in preseason, you know, kind of like not getting their feet under them or what. But I think that, you know, kind of continuing to hammer unders until we see otherwise is probably the smart play. Uh, help people a little bit with betting props because those get more and more popular every single year. You guys do a great job with your projections uh, game by game, week by week over at four for four. And you mentioned that you bet a lot of unders. Is there a specific prop market that you are taking a close look on look at, especially uh, with primetime games with those unders? Yeah, so I like to play like either yardages or receptions, but generally like the I think the easiest ones to beat are, you know, pass completions or receptions because they're the most projectable. So we have projections of 44.com, a bunch of other people do as well in the industry that do a great job. Um, you know, those are just the most projectable things because you're not relying on necessarily on efficiency or, you know, a big play or, or something crazy there where and say with touchdown props, everyone loves touchdown props. Don't get me wrong. I love a good touchdown prop here and there too. But at the end of the day, like your guy can have you know, eight catches for 150 yards and still not score a touchdown, falls out at the one, two times, and your handicap was yep. perfect, but then you don't get the touchdown. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that I like sprinkling them in, but I lean towards more towards, you know, yardage, completions, receptions, carries even. I, I like all those better. And, and, you know, leaning towards unders generally is the wise move because 
everything, or at least most things have to go right for an over to hit. Whereas an under to hit, like all it takes is like one or two things to go wrong. The game script goes wrong. He gets injured or he's, you know, matched up in a tougher match than anticipated. You know, it's all these little things can play a big role of an under hitting. I love it. Great advice. Thank you. Um, Steelers and Browns, Thursday night football. Some props are already out there. Is there anything that you have your eye on um, for Thursday night football? Yeah, it's interesting. So the Browns right now, are, I think, are five to six point favorites against the Steelers, which I'm not really sure that they should be. But um, I just don't have a ton of confidence in either of these teams after the Steelers beat the Bengals, only lost by three to the Pats. But I'm eyeing some unders in this game here. Total is only 38 points. Uh, you know, I think that Mitch Trubisky under uh, like 207 around there, it's, it's already so low, but he hasn't cleared 200 yards in two straight games. Also think that uh, Chase Claypool's unders are interesting at 40 and a half because they've entirely changed Chase Claypool's role. So we're used to seeing like that big, big play, deep threat kind of guy. And now at this point, his average of the target is 5.7. So he's seeing every, like if you average all of his targets, it's 5.7 yards from the line of scrimmage. He's not being used in that at all. He's playing majority of his snaps in the slot. So I think that the under there, I mean, he's seeing a good amount of targets, you know, five, six targets, but if they're all coming within five yards of the line of scrimmage. He's basically just catching them and falling down. So, uh, you know, I think that the under 40 yards there is a pretty good look in a game that I expect to be slow paced, pretty boring, a lot of running, um, maybe some good defense. Like, I don't, I don't expect much here. Yeah, you mentioned slow-paced running, and not a lot of excitement. The opposite will likely be Miami and Buffalo on Sunday. 52.5 over BetMGM is the total. Bills are favored by 5.5 points. Um, Connor, what's your read on this game? Because Buffalo looks like a team that is a juggernaut, and they could blow everyone out. But Miami's offense right now, especially what they just did on Sunday, looks very impressive and like they might be able to hang. Do you think they can? Uh, I'm not sure if they can hang, but I think this game is going to be a lot of fun because the uh, um, Dolphins through two weeks now are fourth in pass rate over expectation, which means that, you know, relative to baseline, they're passing way above more than they should, which is impressive coming from Mike McDaniel, who was the run game coordinator in San Francisco, where I thought that they were going to probably be run heavy or be one of the more run heavy teams in the league. But instead, they're just deciding to, you know, open it up and throw the ball a ton. And obviously, we saw last week they fell down early and had to. But in this game, I think we're going to see something similar. I think, you know, Miami's defense got cooked there by Baltimore for the majority of the game. Uh, and I don't think they're quite as strong as we think. And, and the Buffalo offense is, you know, a work of art. It is truly just incredible watching watching them uh, and watching them play. So I think we're going to see an over game here. The total kind of already reflects that, unfortunately. But I think in the prop market, this could be a good game to hit some overs on, you know, two of pass attempts, two of pass completions, um, because he's going to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times in this spot. With Connor Allen, 444 football here on BetQL Daily. All right, Connor, uh, what we're going to hear a lot about is th these are the numbers when you're 0-2 after two weeks on making the playoffs. And we know things have changed because they've, of course, added a game. So I don't know how accurate all of that's going to be that you're going to see uh, with a lot of uh, sports media. But a couple of teams in the AFC that are winless that had much higher expectations. want to get your thoughts and to see if there's any value. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> and that offensive line. You would think they didn't make any changes. They're down to 35 to 1 for the Super Bowl. And what do you know? The Colts and Frank Reich off to a slow start. The Colts are down to 50. Any interest, win totals, division, uh, conference, Super Bowl, any interest in the Bengals and or the Colts? Can those two teams turn it around? I think the Bengals 
could potentially turn it around. They they just have that ceiling, but they also have a really low floor, as we're seeing right now. The offensive line did not come together as anticipated, and I think that that was one of their biggest projected leaps in the offseason. We thought that they would go from you know one of the worst to at least middle tier. They didn't have not taken that step so far, and they're they're seriously paying for it. Um, the Colts, I'm I'm really worried about because especially if Michael Pittman's not in. You know that passing game just straight up cannot function without Michael Pittman in there. I mean, because you're throwing a guy's name like mm-hmm. Ashton Doolin and Paris Campbell, and you know uh, Alec Pierce was out last week too. So it's just a bunch of guys who can't separate in man coverage and aren't really capable of kind of like carrying this passing game. So if the running game isn't like humming perfectly, you know, they're, they're pretty much toast offensively and their defense. Well, I think it's fine. It did. It has not maintained that status despite the addition of Yannick Ngakwe and Stefan Gilmore uh, really is not taking that stuff forward. So I'm personally staying away. I think that if you want to th- sprinkle a Bengals Super Bowl future, I wouldn't blame you, but uh, it's, that's certainly more speculative than, you know, uh, than you really want to feel good about. Looking at Rookie Offensive Player of the Year, I'm here in Washington, and a lot of people are loving Jahan Dotson. He's getting a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. Do you think someone like him uh, at 8-1 to one is worth betting on, especially since you know he is on the Commanders, not expecting a lot from that team this season? Yeah, no, I think Dotson's, Dotson's had a great year, and I think that it's it helps him, too, that that whole offense has really stepped up. Um, and Carson Wentz is has been played much better than I anticipated. And he's, well, I guess in the sense that he's been able to throw the ball a lot and a lot better than their previous quarterbacks, but we still get the full experience every week where he'll throw some crazy pick and then throw a dime, you know, and then it just goes back and forth. But I think that helps Jahan Dotson's case where, because all he's got to do is get, you know, one or two of those dimes per game and it looks great for Dotson. You know, maybe Wentz ends up with a you know, wonky stat line. But yeah, I think that Dotson is certainly in play for that award. Connor, um, the team that Washington played on Sunday, the Detroit Lions, their offense through two weeks looks electric. I mean, even with Jared Goff at quarterback, Armand St. Brown has been unstoppable. Swift in the backfield, offensive line, no matter who's in there. Are you buying the Lions here as a team that are going to hit some overs? They're going to be in games. Like, What do you think about the Lions through two weeks? Because I've been impressed with what they've done offensively uh, in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I think that the Lions are in a good spot here to be – I guess a middle tier team. I think the offense is awesome. Ninth in EPA so far, um, you know, overall fifth in total yards. But I think kind of the issue with the Lions is that their defense, I don't think is very good. And that's kind of goes back to is like when they get punched in the mouth, you know, like how do they respond? And like we saw in the Eagles game where they fell down like 21 points, they were able to kind of claw their way back in. But that was, I mean, it was kind of the same way they clawed their way back in week one the previous year where they fell down 30, you know, they were never really in the game, but, you know, like they, they technically had a chance. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm just concerned about when they play good teams, if they're really able to get over that next hump of, you know, really being able to take a next step forward. So I'm a little bit worried about them in that aspect, but they'll beat some bad teams. I mean, they'll beat up on the Bears. Uh, I think that they'll give, you know, both the Packers and Vikings a game in, in both their games. So, um, but, you know, in terms of truly taking that step forward into like the playoffs or anything, I'm not quite sure that they're there yet because they're defense. When the lines popped on Sunday morning for week, uh, Sunday evening for week number three, what's the what's the first thing that you bet or you you plan on betting? Yeah, a side that you actually love for this upcoming week. We've got about a minute. Yeah, so I took the Texans here at plus three. Um, <laughs> plain, plain and simple, I think the Texans are a better team than the Bears. Uh, you know, uh-huh. like I mean, just looking at these teams, Justin Fields twenty eight pass attempts. 
um, in two games. I'm worried. You know, I think that this Texans offense has some success against the Bears defense. How do the Bears respond outside of just running the ball every single play? Uh, and if they're able to do that successfully, kudos to them. But I think the Texans pull off an outright victory here. And then the Eagles now minus six and a half against the Commanders. Um, it opened to minus four, like through their performance, now moved up to six and a half kind of during the Monday night game. Um, and they put on a pretty dominant performance against Minnesota, pretty dominant performance against the Lions. I am buying this Eagles team. Great stuff. Connor Allen joining us here on Beck UL Daily for football. Connor, we appreciate it. On the other side, we'll dive into NFL player awards, futures next on the Beck UL Network.